The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, brought to you by FanDuel. I'm Clay Link, here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. Big shout out to New Day, N-E-U-D-A-E, at New Day Music on Twitter. We appreciate the song Lion Kings. James, we were recording on Wednesday afternoon today, day earlier than normal. Um, so Vlad gets promoted tomorrow, that's why we are not covering that. But you are headed down to the NBA, is it the Combine? Yeah, the NBA Draft Combine in Chicago is Thursday and Friday. That's nice. always a um, pretty fun time. Uh, it's great for just kind of seeing a bunch of scrimmages and people watching and that type of stuff and going with our NBA editor, Nick Whalen. I'm basically just Whalen's wingman for two days in Chicago. Nice. And Should be fun. Yeah, it's uh It's kind of at a bad time because I'd like to be doing just kind of strictly – MLB draft prep, but uh, it's not something I'm going to pass up. So that, that yeah, should be absolutely. a blast. Good to get away from Madison for a few days. Get some eyes on some NBA prospects. The draft coverage, you mentioned you are knee-deep in that. We'll pretty much have real-time notes as we do every year for the first, what, like three or four rounds? Yeah, I'm hoping that it'll be you know, maybe you and me doing most of the heavy lifting on the first night of the draft and then uh, – me and a, another guy or two in the office the following day. I think we'll go the first four rounds probably, just like we did last year. And, uh, yeah, that's always it's always a blast. There's always a bunch of shakeups in the top 400 and the, the team top 20s and everything after that's completed. So uh, look forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. And before you, you know, you fully get into that, I mean, you have started, but your article this week was continuing the – looks at the various stash possibilities around baseball, this time focusing on the pitchers. Wrote up the hitters last week, and you mentioned Franmil Reyes, and he did indeed get the call. Not a great start for him, but I know he had a single yesterday, first big league hit. 
How much do you think he's going to play right away? I think he's got a bit of a window here where Will Myers is out. uh, And if he can get going at the plate before Myers returns from that oblique injury, then I think that they will have to make some tough decisions. If he doesn't really get going, I think it's kind of an easy corresponding move when they do activate Myers just to send Reyes back down. But, uh, you know, the, to me, the start at triple a, like I, I didn't get to see him live or anything like that, but it's really hard for me to kind of like point to something and say, Oh, this is not sustainable or this is really fluky. Like it, it looks like, the guy just might have, you know, stuff something finally clicked for him. I mean, he's always had huge raw power. He's cut down the strikeouts, up the walks. He's hitting all fields. Uh, just really, really impressive first five or six weeks of the season for him. And uh, there's a ton of upside there. So I, I think he's well worth the stash. Uh, if you're just, you know, we, we t- we've been talking kind of all year about how those bench spots should be used on high upside plays and not necessarily just the type of guys that you're going to be able to find on the waiver wire. And I think Reyes qualifies as a, as a high upside stash. Yeah. I mean, even in our deeper staff leagues, might as well just plug them into the active roster right away. And I think that's the kind of skill set you do take a chance on in a lot of leagues because I mean, need all the power you can get to stay competitive in that category in today's environment. And you know, just see how it shakes out. Maybe it's Manny Margot who goes down for a little while to get hot if he continues to scuffle. I know he's turned it on a little bit of late, but I don't necessarily think he's safe. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's definitely in play. I still, I, I think Margot, I'm still in on him long term, but that's that wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. They've got a ton of depth right now, and you kind of have to play the guys that are deserving of it if he goes down. I mean, we've seen this in the past where a guy goes down for like two weeks, just tears the cover off the ball at AAA, and they come back up with a kind of a new swagger and new confidence and get going against big league pitching. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Reyes yeah. kind of has to force the issue there a little bit. but uh, Wouldn't be the worst thing for Margot. I mean, he hasn't looked like himself when healthy this season. Yeah, and I think Reyes's emergence, I mean, we've kind of already written – Hunter Renfro's obituary on this podcast, but I think, I mean, he's at best probably sixth on the organizational depth chart there. So let's get into your latest Farm Futures article. It's stashing season for pitchers. And the first one you wrote up, Jack Flaherty, I mean, he's probably universally stashed already, probably starred in a lot of leagues. I know I turned him loose in my lineups this week. Fine start. He looked really good against the Twins last night, I thought. Uh, Just was out-dueled on the other side by Jose Barrios. It was good to see Barrios get on track especially with that curveball. He really looked rough in previous like four starts. But uh, Flaherty seems to have a pretty clear path now to, to regular starts. Yeah, and they are eventually going to have to make some tough decisions in that rotation, but they don't have to make any just yet. And I've you know been saying kind of all season that he, to me he's one of their three or four best starters on a talent basis. So I, I fully expect him to stick in that rotation the rest of the way. Yeah, I love the breaking stuff with that kid. He's he's pretty nasty. He's got some swagger to him. I just hope uh, Big Mike doesn't <laughs> doesn't mess with him too much. Little, little Mike, <laughs> miniature Mike. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Alex Reyes, teammate uh, with the Cardinals, dominant rehab outing for him recently. Twelve Ks over five scoreless, just one hit allowed, two walks. It's really good to see that they're stretching him out so much because there was such a, well, seemingly a predominant thought that he was going to end up in the bullpen, multi-inning reliever to kind of build up his innings before putting him in the rotation next year. But are you pretty confident now that once Reyes is ready, they'll insert him into the big league rotation? I just think that it depends what the timetable is because like if Carlos Martinez comes back from that lat strain around the same time that Alex Reyes is ready to come back, I don't know what they're going to do. Like what, what's your read on that? Like if they have all six of those guys, Martinez Reyes and the other four, if they're all healthy, I feel like Reyes makes the most sense to go to the bullpen of that six. But uh, if he can beat Martinez back, 
I think he's a better option than John Gant. Maybe you just put him in and just yeah. <laughs> well, hey, hey. <laughs> no, I mean maybe not in their eyes. Um, I don't know what they're. But, yeah, but I mean you. You know, you could plug Reyes in, give him a start, give him two or three starts. Then Martinez comes back. Maybe by the time Martinez is back, someone else is hurt, and maybe Reyes sticks yeah, exactly. the rest of the way. Maybe uh, Luke Weaver struggles. I mean, he is kind of struggling. I mean, he is, um, but maybe they continue. Yeah, and the nice thing about Reyes compared to some of these other stashes is that we know there is a kind of timetable where he'll be in the big leagues and offering fantasy value in some respect. Like, it... It could be in the rotation, but it doesn't even have to be in the rotation for him to be one of those true upper echelon multi-inning relievers. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about him. Don't imagine he's available in our stake league, but uh, might have to add where I can, maybe TGFBI. We'll see about that. But uh, Freddie Peralta, man, huge debut for him last weekend, and we saw kind of the first bank-breaking bid in, in the Rotowire Dynasty Invitational for him. I think it was 64 I had about half of that put on him. Thirty-three uh, wasn't close. What did you think of that bid? Yeah, I. Um, <laughs> now that you mentioned that, I I literally just realized that I forgot to include the bids in this in this week's article. But um, I didn't even notice. That yeah, it, I mean, I, we had like Ian and I are kind of in the. You know, I think we have less than half of our fab budget. I knew that we weren't going to get Peralta. I knew that we weren't going to get Franmil Reyes, who also went. Um, I was like 20 or no 40 something. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, we wanted Sir Anthony Dominguez, but I also kind of had a, had a, had a feeling that you might be coming in a little bit, a little bit hard there. And I was uh, all over that stash. (laughs) I mean, I could have written up Sir Anthony Dominguez in this article and he would have been pretty close to the top of the list. I really think he's going to get that job before too long, but, um, Mm. yeah, I, I mean, to get a guy, like, I, I don't know when, obviously, if Peralta really were to struggle over his next few starts, he, he'd he be back at AAA probably, but I think he could take this uh, a spot in that rotation and really run with it when you look at the other options. You, you know, you definitely got to give him the edge over guys like Brandon Woodruff and Brent Suter at this point. Uh so I, I get it, and he's right on that. He was right kind of on that fringe of guys that probably should have been rostered before his call-up. Then he gets the call-up, same thing with Framiel Reyes, where someone should have been in there, and uh, Tom Trudeau dropped him the week before, and uh, I know that he regrets that move. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's when those guys that are right on that edge of should they be owned? Should they not be owned? And then they get the call. That's when you see those really big bids. Yeah, pretty. I mean, I think he warrants a bid like that. And, and another dynasty thing, I mean, I paid up not that much, not 64% of my budget, but like 20-something percent. I can say like in, in TDGX, I had 23 fab dollars remaining, and I bid all 23 and got Peralta in that nice. league. And so to get him for 23 in TDGX when he went in the 60s in RDI, uh, felt really fortunate there, and and I had Zach Davies on my team, so it, it was kind of a perfect uh, replacement option there. That's solid. I know for a lot of people that thirteen strikeout debut came out of nowhere, but you've been on Peralta, written about him. We've talked about him on the pod in past years. Not out of the blue for you or for anybody who follows your work, but uh, can you maybe remind us what his pitches and the pitch mix looks like, and what his strengths and weaknesses are? Yeah, sure. So if you just look at, say, his height, maybe the fact that you've never seen him on some of the more real-life top 100 lists, like he's never shown up on any of those, and you see that he's you know sitting 91, 92 with his fastball, I get how it might look like it was smoke and mirrors and that type of thing. Uh, but what really matters is what are the hitters seeing and his delivery is such that he gets ridiculous extension. Like he's, he's kind of almost jumping off the mound. His body's carrying him so hard towards home plate and he, his release point is just impossible to pick up for the hitters. So his 91, 92 mile hour fastball for the hitters looks like it's 95, 96 and he can cut it. it. It's not just a straight 
fastball. He's really good at getting swings and misses up in the zone. That's been a strength of his for a, a few years now. And when you're kind of, you know, you have to not only guess fastball, but you have to guess location and be really right about it if you want to square it up. And if you guess wrong on the location, you're going to be either early or late. And the amount of fastballs he throws, like I've seen people kind of pointing it out. Is it just like this? This isn't sustainable. He's throwing too many fastballs. Well, when the fastball is that dominant and it's making hitters that uncomfortable, basically whenever he throws a slider or a changeup, which are both you know at least average pitches just in a vacuum, but they they play up as plus pitches because there's no way any hitters sitting there thinking slider or thinking changeup because eighty five ninety percent of his pitches are fastballs. So when he does throw the slider, if he throws it for a strike, it's either going to be a, a swinging strike or a strike looking. And same thing with the changeup. So it's it's a really he's a really unique pitcher. It's a really unique arsenal. Uh, he's going to walk guys. I don't think he's going to be super efficient with his pitches. That's probably my biggest concern is that I don't think he's going to qualify for. Well, he might qualify for some wins, but it, he might get pulled. You know, after the fifth inning or midway through the sixth inning, and a lot of his starts might not even make it out of the fifth inning. In, in some of his starts, even if he's pitching well because I think they're going to be very diligent about getting him out uh, before he faces the order a third time and people can get a bit more familiar with that fastball. So that's kind of his shortcoming from a fantasy perspective is I don't think he's going to go deep into games, but he's kind of what everyone thought Yanni Chirinos was kind of just on steroids where you're going to get way more strikeouts. You're not going to necessarily get a ton of wins, but I think the ratios are going to be pretty solid. I'm, I'm fine picking him up almost everywhere. Yeah, not literally on steroids, but figuratively right. for sure. That's awesome. I just did a quick check, and he is available in our Rotowire Stake League. Boy, oh boy, boy, oh, oh boy, cowboy. I I have forty fab dollars <laughs> remaining. I don't think and I know him. that's not going to get him. No, it's <laughs> not going to get. I might have enough to get him. It's just kind of a question of is do I want this to be my big play? Uh, quick, funny little story on Peralta. He. You know, th- I think it was like three years ago. I went to see the the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, and I was like, I, I got to see Marcos Diplan. Really got to see him pitch. Got to talk to him. So, you know, I'm getting that all set up, and they have Freddie serve as his translator, as Diplan's mm. translator. So I'm asking Freddie questions. He's asking Diplan, and Diplan's coming back to me, and. At no point did I ever think about maybe I should interview Freddie Peralta. Like I was just like, here, why don't you here, why don't you let me ask Marcos Diplon some questions? Just stand there, be a good boy, and and you know all that <laughs> stuff. And of course, three years later, like Marcos Diplon's like a borderline prospect. Freddie Peralta's striking out thirteen in his big league debut in Coors Field. So that's just kind of a funny uh, how how things can change from from where guys are at low A to to three years later. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that. That is a funny story. Uh, by the way, you have these guys listed in your article in terms of priorities, right? Like priority, yeah, yeah, kind so. of rough priorities. I mean, uh, yeah. So so you know, we we go Flaherty, Reyes, Peralta. Those guys are pretty much all owned. I just kind of wanted to touch on them since they're kind of very relevant right now but you know the further down we get the more we get to guys that should be kind of universally available yeah absolutely i got peralta in great fantasy baseball invitational i think it was only like 70 something maybe it was a little more than that maybe it was like 100 i thought people would go kind of overboard after the 13k performance but who does peralta get next um twins twins in minnesota nice pretty good spot for him that'll be interesting i need them to yeah, you know, at least not be a ratios grenade in that one. But hoping for some K's as well. But yeah, definitely an exciting player. I looking forward to seeing what he does at the follow up. But Anthony Bonda, who you mentioned, he's next up on the list. Is there a pretty sizable gap between Peralta and Bonda, or is it not actually that far apart? It's not that big for me. Because uh... Bonda just one K is pretty. Others, pretty much the other side of the spectrum. Yeah. Strikeouts. Um, I guess I, I trust the, I can I, I think I trust the Brewers to keep Peralta up more than I trust the Rays with it when it comes to Bonda. Uh, 
he, you know, he's got swing and miss stuff. I, I didn't see that start. Um, so I can't really comment on that, but I mean, he's a, he's a lefty with a big fastball and a decent breaker, decent changeup command control can kind of come and go with him. Uh, pitching in the AL, obviously not as ideal as, as pitching in the NL. So that's a mark in Freddie's favor, but, uh, definitely a guy that I think has relevancy in 15 teamers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Joe Musgrove next up on the list and he's currently rehabbing from an injury, Really good numbers on the farm so far. Last outing against Columbus, five no-hit innings, six Ks. Um, for me, I may take him ahead of Bonda just because there's maybe a little bit more pedigree, but we have seen Musgrove fail as a starter with Houston last year. Um, with with Pittsburgh, I think he should be pretty safe in that rotation, but do you think there's a chance his leash is pretty short? You know, I don't know. I, I kind of look at that rotation, and I think that they might just get it set up where Musgrove and Nick Kingham enter and Chad Cool exits, and they kind of go with those those two plus Nova, Tyone, and uh, Williams. I think that might be their preferred five mm-hmm. at a certain point here. So uh, I actually feel better about Musgrove sticking in the rotation than Bonda. I think Bonda's got a bit more upside. Um, Musgrove, not available in our stake league. I definitely checked that after his last rehab start, but yeah, he is being stashed. Yeah, I have him stashed in a couple of leagues, um, <coughs> deeper leagues, but I, I had him in the online championship, cut him loose. Kind of disappointed I wasn't able to get him back, but we'll see. I just like the mechanical adjustments he made late last year. Provide some hope that the increased stuff could survive that transition back. But Kingham is the next up on the list. He is indeed coming back this weekend. So it was just a situation where you know, they had five games in seven days. He just didn't need a fifth starter for the time being. But looking forward to seeing what he can do when he comes back and maybe bounce back from what was not as impressive of a follow-up start uh, after the Major League debut. Yeah, he's weirdly been better in the big leagues than he has been at AAA this year. Uh, so take that for what it's worth. I I think there's I, – I don't think he's the guy that we've seen through two big league starts. I, but that – I mean, that's not um, – you know, that's not groundbreaking or anything. I, I think he's more of a number four starter in real life, but a guy that can have some pretty impressive days when he's locating his fastball. So, again, I think he's got relevancy in 15-teamers. Quick note from our sponsor, Fantasy Baseball fans. The season is underway, and with baseball season comes FanDuel, offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball, no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel, the most exciting fantasy... uh, I can't read. The excitement of fantasy baseball without the full season grind. Something for everyone. Tons of different contests to choose from. Starting at just 25 cents. Pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. You got the Rotowire Baseball Championship still going on. Fandle.com slash RWBC to play against us and, and the public as well. Usually we record the night after this takes place, but we are doing it the, the day of to today. Who are you leading on for your starting pitcher, James? I am going with Chris Sale. Wow. How about that? Uh-huh. I was thinking about <laughs> Bueller, but... You know, I love Bueller. It's just that he's what, like ninety five hundred? Like that's it's pretty pricey. That's pretty pricey for any rookie. And I love. I think that it's a great matchup for him and everything. Uh, but I mean, uh, you know, he might only go five innings. The team is just god off. Yeah, I, I just, I really like this matchup for the Red Sox. I feel pretty good about Chris Sale doing what he's supposed to do and then it just kind of comes down to whether or not i i pick the right hitters again rwbc fandle.com slash rwbc there are other qualifiers still to come you can play against your friends for bragging rights or play against the public for millions in cash prizes to take advantage of our special offer for new users sign up today at fandle.com slash rw you'll get a free six-month rotowire subscription which will help give you all the tools you need to be successful with your first deposit on Fandle, just visit Fandle.com slash RW, void where prohibited. James, this next guy is the guy you stashed in the stake league. It was kind of a surprising stash to me, just 
even some of the other guys out there, but you picked up Aniel De Los Santos. What can you tell us about him? Well, he is he has been utterly dominant in AAA so far this year. He was, of course, the it was a one for one trade between the Phillies and the Padres. the The Padres got Freddie Galvis for one year, and the Phillies look like they might have gotten a mid rotation starter back. And he uh, has always had a a plus fastball, and it's kind of been you know about the command and the secondaries. Something's clicking for him this year, and he's striking out more guys than ever. Uh, I think there's a decent amount of upside here, especially with strikeouts, and I've moved him into the top 100. Uh, it's just really hard to ignore his start to the season. I am not buying into Zach Eflin really at all. I think that you know some somehow, some way, the, a spot's going to open in that rotation for him. I know Jared Eikhoff might be back at some point too, but if De Los Santos can beat Eikhoff, to the rotation then he might be able to lock down a spot beforehand uh i just think that there's there's a decent amount of redraft upside with him so in a in a league as deep as our stake league i felt it was it was time to make the stash although i I maybe didn't have to bid four bucks on him well i'm the king of overdoing it with my stashes in terms of the dollar amounts you just don't want to miss out on that yeah. stash. You I mean, fall in love when you with the a, idea of the stash. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when you write them up, I just assume everybody's sniffing around on these stashes. I got to get out ahead of the pack. Well, I, you know, I purposely did the hitter piece before the pitcher piece because I knew that that week I was making my De Los Santos play, and uh, didn't didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to tip anyone <laughs> off. I respect that. I, by the way, I was just thinking randomly about all the positive feedback we got last week about our trade discussion i thought it was laborious and probably boring (laughs) for people but a lot of people seem to like it which surprised me yeah and i a lot of people seem to like it even though to me that like the rules of staff keeper league two in terms of like contracts and all that stuff confusing it's kind of hard to get a grasp of just hearing people talk about it so i was i was pleasantly surprised to hear how big of a hit that was yeah we won't be doing it every week i can't let you fleece me every single week i mean yeah I mean, you're running out of guys that i want you know yeah i still have trammel yeah you do i do want trammel well that'll be a tough private no, <laughs> I, I need to you know that was a nice shot in the arm those three big leaguers i got from you but i still i'm ready to just empty out the tank of minor leaguers like really go all in for this year because Standings very much bunched up at the top. Let's get back to your article, James. Corbin Burns is a guy who has been stashed in our staff leagues for quite some time. Still, I'd imagine, largely available in a lot of leagues, public leagues, in your hometown leagues. But um, the numbers at Colorado Springs, especially at home, pretty impressive. Or away away from home. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't really see his numbers at home. Yeah, like, he's got a... Uh, actually, I don't even know if he started since this one up, but uh, he had an ERA over 10 in three home starts. But on Ooh. the road this year, 2-2-2 ERA, 0-9 whip, 32 strikeouts, four walks, and 24 innings in the PCL parks away from Colorado Springs. That's really what you should be looking at with Corbin Burns. Uh, he, you know, Freddie Peralta's stuff is uniquely equipped to handle Colorado Springs because he's not relying on the breaking ball quite as much. Uh, but Corbin Burns does need his four pitch mix to, to play as expected. So it's, it's not going to play that well at all in Colorado Springs on the road though, just dominant. I, I think that the Zach Davies injury that like whenever he's ready, that could dictate whether or not we see Burns in a week or two, or if we don't see him for a month or two. Uh, but I think one way or another, he's up June, early July, something like that. And, you know, he's, he's got the potential to be a guy that is universally owned at some point this season. So, uh, a good time to get in on Burns would be right now. Yeah, I mean those road parks away from Colorado Springs, no, no walk in the park, uh, so to speak, for him. So pretty good that he's at least faring well away from home. Next up on the list, Michael Kopech, and you know, we had uh, Jason Collette of Roadwire on the XM show on Saturday, and he just watched Kopech start Friday at Charlotte. 
wasn't impressed, said he still has a lot to work on, and even advocating uh, getting out of this stash, if you've been stashing them, <laughs> maybe cutting bait. Do you agree with that? I'm going to have to make some tough calls, man. And in stake league, I mean, as laughable as it is to say, like Kopech might be a guy that I'm on the fence about continuing to stash. It's just, you know, I don't know. It, do do I keep stashing Kopech? Do I finally decide to cut ties with the great Drew Steckenrider, the, the ratio submariner? He's still active, <laughs> Drew Steckenrider. Well, right? I gotta get the, I gotta get it back, man. He's gonna get it back for me. <laughs> yeah, you gotta recuperate some of those whip and ERA losses. Um, but no, I, I, you know, I've talked to, I talked to. Uh, I think we had Chris Welsh on the show in the preseason and he he'd seen Kopech uh, during spring training. And at the time he was saying, yeah, like, I, I don't think he's going to be up in the first half. He's just, it's too wild. He's not ready. Uh, didn't stop me from going ahead and stashing him. Uh, <laughs> a long, healthy stash so far on Kopech. You know, he's the type of guy where I think if, the makeup was maybe a bit better. He, we might've already seen him up for a spot start, you know, just to kind of get his feet wet and like, let him know, like, this is what big league pitch or big league hitting is, is like to face. But I, I think part of, I mean, the main reason they're holding him down is because of his command is just not there. Uh, he's already hit six batters and in 33 innings walked 17. But I also think it's kind of a, you know, we're not going to add you to the 40 man roster until you really earn it. And you know, that, that can be a powerful incentive, I think. Uh, so I don't, I don't think they're going to call him until they're ready for him to, to probably be up for good. And you know, that, that could end up being early June. That could end up being early July. That might not be till August or September. So I, it's, it's a tough stash. It's a high risk, high reward stash. Not unlike his uh, org mate Eloy Jimenez. Uh, it's just you know how 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 in on Kopech do you want to be for 2018? I mean, I, I wouldn't wouldn't fault anyone for cutting bait with him in like a 15 teamer. Uh, deeper leagues than that, the upside might be worth hanging on to him though. Yeah, I have him in AL labor. Of course, not going to cut bait there, but most of the leagues, uh, I'd be a little hesitant. Did you actually see his notes that leaked on Twitter? No. Kind of cool, really. Just kind of his, I think it was just like in a notebook or something, his things he needed to work on, what he's doing to work toward his goals. It's good to see that he's got that work ethic. You know, this is the kind of kid who's got such incredible gifts from God, you know, raw tools that you you could see this kid kind of coasting if he wanted to, but it seems like he's putting in the time an effort to get better. He definitely puts the time in, in the, the weight room. Yeah. That's He's a shape in that bod. That's a given. Yeah. So I'd recommend checking that out. It's kind of cool to see a uh, Sandy Alcantara next on the list. He did not crack the big league rotation. Not a big surprise there uh, to start the year, but you think he's getting pretty close. Yeah. I kind of compared him to Kopech a little bit and I think you can make the case that Alcantara has actually got better control of his pitches right now than Kopech, which I mean, the, with both these guys, you know, they have a, they have a decent amount in common. Like they're both guys that, you know, can touch triple digits, sit upper nineties with the fastball and have always had kind of command control issues. Uh, Alcantara, I think coming into the year, everyone would have said maybe worse command than Kopech more likely to end up as a reliever long-term. But, uh, so far it's kind of been the opposite. He's got a better walk rate than Kopech. He's, hit just two batters compared to the six that Kopech's hit. Uh, I think Kopech's stuff overall is a bit more overpowering, but you know, Alcantara's got some stuff going for him too. He's in the NL. I think that there's, I think the Marlins would be more likely to call up Alcantara before he's quite ready than the, the White Sox might be with Kopech. So, a worthy stash and deep mixers. I think, uh, definitely an NL only he should already be owned, but a, a guy that I think we probably see debut sometime in the first half. We got Brandon McCarthy on the bump tonight again for the Braves. Do you think it's maybe one more implosion from him before we see Go- Gohara, Luis Gohara, or are there other options on the farm that they could turn to? Uh, so the thing I'm looking for tonight is, 
do they use oh crap they used uh okay so gohara through 2.1 or uh, two and a third last night scoreless that doesn't mean that that, that he's not still kind of lined up to slot into that spot i mean he could he could definitely jump in after uh you know like six days rest <laughs> Uh, the other op- extended side session. Yeah. Between. The other options, Colby Allard, who is coming off his best start of the season at triple a. Yeah. It's a tough call between those two. I mean, I, I think that they'd be more likely to leave Gohara in the bullpen than they would to promote Allard for anything other than to join the rotation. Uh, Gohara has got more upside than Allard. It's, it's really, it's a tough call. I'd, I'd prefer Gohara because he's at least providing value as a reliever. I think even if they kept him in the bullpen for the next month, he would still be a guy that I'd happily trot out there in in deeper mixed leagues just for the ratios and the strikeouts. But, yeah, it, it's possible that Allard is the guy that they just feel more comfortable with in the rotation, and, and maybe he leapfrogs Gohara. I would bet on Gohara, though. Interesting. Shelby Miller is a guy you wrote up and somebody that I'd expect to hear a little bit more about just given the openings there at the back end of the Diamondbacks rotation. Team context, the humidor really seemingly doing what we all expected. Uh, how far away is, is Shelby Miller? I think it's it's looking like a mid to late June return for him. The nice thing with him and uh, Carlos Rodan, who I have underneath him, is with those two guys we at least know like for a fact that when they're ready, they're in the rotation. Like with a lot of these guys, it's, it's kind of guesswork. Like when are they going to get, get the call with Miller and Rodon though? We know they're going into the, the big league rotation, uh, especially with, after the, the Taiwan Walker injury, Miller's got a, a clear path there. And people have been asking about John Duplantier or at double a, I just think Miller's ready before Duplantier's ready. So I think he would, he would not only need to keep pitching well at double A AA and triple A, uh, but he would need another spot probably to open up in that rotation. Nice. Yeah. Rodon, he mentioned two more extended spring starts. It sounds like, well, that was from May 1st. So probably like maybe he's ready to head out on a rehab assignment. I have to look into that, but he's somebody that's been so frustrating. I was really high on him as a prospect, but I just really skeptical about the health holding up but i think if he does get a shot this year he's a guy that probably an upgrade over every single one of their starters yeah he's not going to have a issue slotting in at all uh you know someone in the comment section was surprised that i said i prefer miller to rodan uh because miller was so bad in 2016 but miller actually really wasn't that bad at all in 2017 i mean he wasn't the borderline ace that he kind of had a chance to be as a prospect i mean both these guys have just elite prospect pedigree i think miller was a consensus top 10 prospect when he was when he was still eligible rodan kind of a borderline top 10 guy definitely top 15 so these are really you know back in the day these were these guys were up there where like forrest whitley is now and walker bueller and michael kopech i mean these guys have have uh, really legit pedigree uh, but Miller, I think, has a lot of stuff going for him that Rodon doesn't have going for him. He's in the NL, which is huge. He's playing for a competitive team with a with a pretty good defense uh, in that humidor and his home starts. I, I think that there's a lot more pointing in Miller's favor than Rodon's. Interesting. Yeah, a guy kind of on the other side of that coin, Forrest Whitley. I'm a little surprised you don't have him any higher than this, but it is a situation where, you know, even if he is tearing it up, just not a lock to get a, a look in that rotation because they have – pretty much five guys who are pitching like aces right now (laughs) yeah uh the thing with him is that i think he's gonna look big league ready in in fewer than 10 starts this year in the minors he may may 29th is the first game when he can uh be activated from the restricted list after his 50 game suspension so i think we we see him at double a probably until like mid to late June, then he goes to triple A. And, you know, by then we're talking early July, mid July, Lance McCullers and Charlie Morton are both guys that, you know, average around a hundred innings in the big leagues per season. So I think to expect all five of their starters to all be fully healthy in July 
is a bridge too far for me. I think there's going to be an opening at some point. I think Whitley, if he stays healthy and does what I expect against minor league hitters, I think he's going to look ready come early July. So uh, I think he's a, a worthwhile stash if you're just chasing upside. If you're chasing likelihood of getting starts from a guy in, say, June, pretty much all these guys have, have a better bet or a better bet than that than than Whitley. But if you just want a guy that could get you just 10 really, really good starts in the second half, I think that's Whitley. Nice. Steven Gonsalves, he, people might look at this or at his minor league numbers from this year and really get those stash senses up. But you think he's overperforming by quite a bit right now? Yeah, I I I didn't know kind of where to draw the line on this article. I, I probably could have just drawn it after Whitley, but uh, I think Gonsalves is going to, that ERA at AAA, I expect to kind of balloon over the next couple of weeks and him to kind of come off everyone's stash radar. If it doesn't, if he if he continues to, you know, use smoke and mirrors and, and get AAA hitters out, I think he could be a ratio grenade in the big leagues. So just a guy that I mentioned, just kind of, I assume people are thinking about him in certain leagues. And then Dwayne Underwood, I mean, big time blast from the past. I'd kind of written this guy off completely coming into the year because he just, he was he was never staying healthy. He was never uh, really being effective in the upper levels, and I think he's finally feeling feeling great, and he's pitching better than ever right now at AAA. Uh, he's on the forty man. I think Adbert Alzale is on the forty man too. But Underwood's the one that has earned a promotion. I think at this point, Jen Ho Sang would get passed over if the Cubs needed a spot starter anytime soon. So he's just a guy to keep an eye out on. I don't think you have to stash him, but. Uh, don't be surprised if, like, in June or July, we hear from Dwayne Underwood in the big leagues. Nice. Well, really great stuff, as always. Awesome article, James. Check it out for yourself if you don't have a Rotowire subscription, rotowire.com slash pod for a free 10-day trial. I don't believe I asked you last week, but I want to I want to pick up some momentum and get a <laughs> get a, a roll going here. I was too caught up in the trade talk last week, but... Who you got for the next prospect to get the call? Doesn't have to be a pitcher. All right. Uh, well, we can we spot. can rule out we can rule out uh, Roman Quinn. Um, yeah, that was disappointing. You know, I think it's going to be Vlad Junior. Yeah, uh, I love it. I mean, he needs to be owned everywhere. I'm sure he is. Uh, I'd be really kind of surprised if there was any format where there were at least 10 active owners and he was still out there uh but if he is pick him up now i mean he's just so out of his mind against double a pitching right now and i just don't even what what would even be the point of sending him to triple a yeah i have no idea like he's the guy you just skip that step he's ready like he's he's been ready probably all season to hit big league pitching but he's just really like at, at this point it's almost surprising when he doesn't get at least three hits in a night yeah and Kendris morales is god awful i think you bring up vlad maybe i mean install him probably as the primary third and just have have donaldson dh yeah because donaldson still got those and, throwing issues and the blue jays are just really scuffling right now i think that that would be a big play just to kind of juice up that squad a little bit and that's all that's the definition of juice yeah you want to talk about some juice (laughs) (laughs) i would love that man we were talking on the show like how many 19 year olds at double a get their own like mlb network like segments where they're just hitting off a tee like just displaying that raw i mean forget about 19 year olds forget about double a just like minor leaguers period like it He's, he's such a star. He's already. breaking all the rules. You know, it, it's it's really, it's like a rod stuff. Really, like just how advanced he is for his age. Like it, it's it's once in a generation type of uh, phenom. You know, I mean, to me, he's it's it, he's like neck and neck with Ronald Acuna for me on the top four hundred. I am just probably going to keep it as is and let Acuna graduate and let Guerrero get the top spot that way. But I wouldn't even fault someone if you wanted to say Guerrero's better prospect than Acuna at this point. He's just, he's such a sure thing with the bat. Like 
there's Manny Ramirez comps. There's Frank Thomas comps. Like I, my comp is Albert Pujols. I think he's just going to be that type of Hall of Fame caliber hitter, and it's going to be clear from day one. I don't think there's going to be any kind of struggles. And you know, if he say say he got the call, and I'm predicting he gets the call while I'm at the NBA Combine because that would just be so classic. But uh, say he gets the call on like Friday, what? Where would you rank him rest of season? So you guys are pumping out like a round table, and you know that he's up uh, for basically the final four months and change of the season. I think I'd have to put him in my top 100. Um, maybe like God, it's hard to say because I want to. Well, I want to be like. I want to temper things, but it's like this kid's so special. So I was joking. I went to lunch with the office manager uh, Kevin O'Brien and. I was like, you know, what would it, if I had to offer in our stake league to the owner that's stashing Vlad Jr., like, what's the worst player I could offer where he might say yes? And I was like, would he say yes on Eric Hosmer? And Kevin was like, nah, no chance. I, d- I doubt it. <laughs> like, I really do. <laughs> so That's like, like a top 70 player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jeez. and part of, part of the reason you he would say no is just because he drafted him. He stashed him like he wants to see it through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there are legitimate baseball reasons for preferring Vlad Jr. to Eric Osmer rest of season. Yeah, I think that's totally you know, justified. I want to see some of the you know, online championship bids when he does get promoted. I'm assuming he's not owned in mine. I haven't really looked at every team, but I don't think anybody was stashing Vlad out of the gates in a 12-teamer. Uh, in that one anyway, and I could see those bids pushing up 600, 700, 800, oh. which means I'm not going to have the money to get him. No, I mean, yeah, there's going to be some lucky schmuck in some league that gets him for like 500, but uh, I'm really thankful that I got him in TGFBI. There's no no reason at all that I should have gotten him. I don't even think I bid bid 100 bucks, uh, but yeah, he's... He's long gone, I would assume, in all the other TGFBI leagues. Nice. Well, look forward to that. I could totally see it being this week. Hopefully we get Vlad Day to enjoy. And I'm also keeping my fingers crossed that Kristen Stewart gets the call. He's been on a tear. I mean, V-Mart, V-Mart should just retire. <laughs> Honest to God, he should retire because well, he's, he's, he's got to get the rest of that cash. He's already talking about it after this season, and he's just downright abysmal. Yeah. So... There you go. I mean that that's a good one. I like I just feel like something clicked for me today when I was I I was just like, oh, Vlad's Vlad's gonna come up like any day now. And yeah, he's already trolling us with that suitcase <laughs> pick. He knows it's coming. Yeah, yeah. He's got he's got his bags packed. <laughs> Absolutely. V Mart betting two twenty two, two ninety six, three forty one. Get him the hell out of there. <laughs> Bring Kristen Stewart up. Let him be the DH for the next century, not century, decade. Yeah. Uh, anyway, James, we have our next uh, entries on our countdowns, our top 20 hip-hop collaborations of all time. I'm going to keep things simple, kind of boring, realistically, but I had to find a spot for it. California Love, Dr. Oh. Dre and Tupac. Uh, kind of played out, but I remember that song and that video when I was a kid. It was the definition of a banger. Still love that Kenley Jansen comes out to it and a song that needed to be on my list. That's a good one. Um, I, I didn't find room for it just because I just, to me, the Dr. Dre verse is just such a throwaway. Uh, but it I mean, I, I included a track with a Puff Daddy verse. So who am I to, <laughs> who am I to, who am I to poke fun at, at uh, Dr. Dre's California yeah, love verse? Uh, th- dude, that was one of the, I mean, I can't remember how old I was when I heard that, but maybe like eight or nine or something. And that just really, I was like, holy crap. Like this is a whole different level of music that I just wasn't mm-hmm. aware of. Like, I, I mean, that was, I mean, it really kind of transcends genre that track. Yeah. And the guy who did the verse or the, the hook rather, uh, forget what group he was a part of, but he was actually from Dayton, Ohio. That was a little fun fact that I remember from that. Song the guy with the you know, the funkadelic voice, kind of the altered voice in the hook. Um, Forget his name, but no, I got a uh, oh Roger Troutman. Yeah, Roger Troutman. What do I? Great, great uh, Dayton type of guy. 
What is your pick for your? Uh, I believe it's a number fourteen entry. Um, yeah, this will be fourteen. Uh, all right, so you're gonna like this one. I'm. I don't even know if it's on your list, but I. I mean, I, I know you're gonna appreciate it. Uh, verbal intercourse. Uh, Raekwon yes. featuring Nas and Ghostface Killa. I that's a great. One. On my for the collabs, I didn't include any Wu Tang Wu Tang tracks that were just Wu Tang members um, because, like, I mean that yeah, my whole could, list would be yeah, it could make up like ten ten of the twenty tracks could be just Wu Tang songs. But uh, you know, this one's featuring Nas. It's it's all three of these guys in their absolute primes. Uh, really, I mean, it to me, it's almost featuring RZA as well because the beat just kind of speaks a little bit. Uh, but yeah, that that's I, I don't I don't know how to pick who has the best verse in that one. I mean, they all they all kill it. Uh, but it's just three guys in their absolute primes, just dropping really great lyrics on a classic album. Yeah, that's a great one. I I do I'm glad you said that because we never really established ground rules. But yeah, I kind of just avoided any even like even like Ghostface on his album, anything featuring just right. another member of the yeah, Wu like, Tang. Like I didn't include like like Wu Bang up, like would have been yeah, on, but Winter like, Wars. Yeah, even. Um, this one felt enough kind of outside the. Wu Tang yeah. family that I that's was perfect. I was down with including it. Yeah, and that's the same with other groups. You know, I think you could probably call. I guess you couldn't really call an Outcast song collaboration, but no. like I didn't include any. I'm not going to include anything from like the the uh, Jay Z Kanye West collab. I, I I know you included that one Method Man Red Man uh, Rockweiler. Uh I mean that that certainly counts. It just yeah. we're kind of nitpicking here about the. Um, what counts and what doesn't count. But yeah, I, I it's just kind of like parameters that I set up in my own head. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Like Follow the Light by um, Outkast and Goody, Goody Mob. Mob. Yeah. Does it, I mean, they're too close, yeah. you know? They're too close. I can't separate them. But anyway, great stuff. We appreciate the insight again, James. Have fun in Chicago this weekend. We'll talk to you guys next week on the Roadwire Prospect Podcast, brought to you by FanDuel. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.